The first step in getting closer to God is to realize that you need to or that you want to. And the second step in getting closer to God is to realize that it's possible. I want to encourage you to check out my book, Getting Closer to God, Anthologies from the Forefront Trilogy, Book 2. I think this will really be helpful to you in your pursuit of the Lord and help you understand what I learned over the first 30 plus years of my life as a believer, as a minister, and as a missionary in uh, a lot of the countries of the earth. Check it out. Anthologies from the Forefront, Book 2, Getting Closer to God. It's on Amazon. Welcome to Foundational Missions Leadership Moment. Join your host, Scott McClelland of FX Mission, as he deep dives into the lives of leaders to glean secrets that will propel today's leaders to new heights. Here's Scott. It's an interesting and and somewhat unique combination of a figure from history. I don't want to say the guy was a radical. Maybe he was. I don't know too much about him, just what you've told me. But Mm -hmm. there was something of a real encounter with God that caused him to obey the gospel (laughs) personally and also declare it. And And then secondarily, to also encourage those who were under his influence to be productive. Even for us today, there's a kind of this unwritten rule that if you're serious about the gospel, you should get your living from the gospel. And I myself am, I would say I'm an exception to that. I have a small business and I have for many, many years. And of course, also, you know, involved in missions work. So I'm super interested in this guy, especially mm-hmm. since he, he's a little bit different. And and I think the fruit that you're talking about, especially even that the guys recorded in the history mm-hmm. book of Norway as a right. big impact on the country, not only from a spiritual standpoint, but also economically. That that's a yeah, huge absolutely. that's a huge thing to me. And I'm so encouraged by the fact that he felt inspired. You know, and he he was mm-hmm. following the inspiration that he got. How do you feel that's inspired you, and what kind of activities specifically has it inspired you to get involved in? Just you know, as we you know, first of all, we we do mission work over in East Africa, and of course, the first and foremost, we teach the Bible. But in addition to teaching the Bible. We just realized that for people to really come out of poverty, you got to give them practical things as well. And so as we teach the Bible, we also teach them practical skills like budgeting their finances. You see they're poor, but we want them to prosper. And so we teach them budgeting. We, we teach them you got to invest your money into something. We teach them work ethics so that they can go and get a job because a lot of the poor people, they are unemployed. And a lot of times, like one of our students said, they are unemployable. And so meaning they can't hold a job because they don't show up on time. They sleep on, you know, when they're working and they just don't do a good job working. And so we just teach them some life skills and, and work ethics. Like this is how a good employee look like. You have to do these things in order to get a job. And then we teach them skills like, you know, business owners need so that can go start a business. And so focusing a lot of those practical things in addition to the biblical subjects, is really inspired from just seeing what Hans did back in Norway 200 years ago. And, and one, one kind of funny little thing about him, he did not like being idle. 
So a lot of times when he was go, he went all over the country, which was very unusual at the time. And he would most of the time walk. He would go by foot. He would just walk from one place to another. But wow. he didn't want to be idle. So while he was walking, he was knitting. And he was knitting and making clothes. And he would give those to the poor. Wow. And so he was just producing something all the time. And every place he would go to have revival, he also started businesses and gave handed them over to the local people. And they started having factories come up and businesses and just created job opportunities in the whole country. It was just amazing. And, and one of the times he was put in prison because he was preaching and he wasn't allowed to. There was such a shortage of salt because of some uh, blockage and things going on that people couldn't preserve their food. You know, this is 200 years ago, no fridge, no freezer. <laughs> so they, were, they needed salt to preserve meat over winter and things like that. And there was such a shortage of salt. And from prison, he wrote a letter to the government asking them to release him and give him a loan so he can go and start businesses that could produce salt. And then they did. And he <laughs> went out and he started factories producing salt so they could get salt back. And then after, I think it was like six months or something, he had to go back in prison because <laughs> he had done his job or whatever. So they really were persecuting him, but he didn't give up and he just gave, produced something in the country that they needed. And, and it's just a huge inspiration for how wow. it's possible to change a mindset and, and cause a whole country to come up and come out of poverty just wow. by doing those things. Wow. That's fascinating. No idle hands there. The guy was knitting as he walked. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah. yeah, crazy. He petitioned the government to let him out of prison. And, and as soon as he got the salt crisis under control, he had to go back. That is, that is amazing. You know, government, you can always depend on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it is crazy. But, you know, they just, I don't know. I, was, I didn't live then, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's cool. I mean, what a fascinating guy. One of the things I think we, unlike, I think, uh, uh, Western Europeans, people in the U.S., and there, there are people from all over that are going to listen to the podcast, but, you know, when you think about, I think about my home culture, our culture is uh, North American or U.S. culture is pretty insular. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we're insulated from a lot of the rest of the world. I was raised in a very small area very small town, very rural, but, you know, kind of a typical American upbringing, I think. But mm -hmm. I thought the rest of the world's just like where I'm from, or at least maybe 85% of the rest of the world. And then you have people who are in crisis and you have people who are in maybe having a natural disaster or something like that. And those are the people who are who are suffering from starvation or whatever else. So I had like this really crazy, uninformed perspective when I started traveling the rest of the world. So I got an education pretty quick. But, <laughs> you know, one, yeah, really, one, one of the things I realized is about culture and working in, in East Africa and in Africa in general. Talk about an education when it comes to culture. And you guys have been working there longer and more than me. So I, I'm probably could and should and will continue to learn from what you guys know. But when it comes to property rights and industriousness and, you know, all of these things, the culture is part of what holds us in bondage. Culture itself 
and the context, the, the psychological context that people were raised in are part of what has to be overcome in order for the primary enemies of the people group to be defeated. I think yeah. we don't realize that, but I know you guys are up against that where you're working. Mm-hmm. What have you learned about that? Well, you know, I think I've just learned so much about myself as well. I just learned that we are all affected by the culture that we grew up in. And we've all do things that we don't even think about because we just were taught those ways. And they're all a lot of things nonverbal. It's just that's just the way it is. And we always think that our culture and our upbringing, our way of, of seeing things in the, in the world is the right way. And when I first, you know, discovered this, I was almost shocked. You almost get shocked. Like, how can people even believe that's okay? Because the way I was raised, that's not okay. And it just opens your eyes to where you really need to discern, is this a biblical issue or is this just a cultural issue? And mm-hmm. I just think that the more effective you're going to be doing cross-cultural ministry or leadership, whatever you might be doing, is to be aware of your own culture and how that has affected your worldview and your the way you read the Bible. And being mm-hmm. able to discern, is this really a biblical issue or is it just a cultural thing? And, and it can be really tricky because there's no... You first of all, you don't even see it yourself until you've kind of traveled a lot and see different things. And then right. second of all, it's just so ingrained in you that you think, for sure, this is Bible. <laughs> and then you realize, sometimes you come to the conclusion that, you know what, this is just what I've been thought, you know, been, yeah. been, people have told me or not told me, but just non-verbally, this is how we do things. And, and we don't even know that how it affected the way we read the Bible. And so we've just, you know, the more you travel, the more you learn, the more you need to just almost examine yourself and and not try to preach your culture and teach your culture, but stick to the principles that are true, biblical principles, leadership principles, those things that can be universally applied all over the world. But then how is it going to look in that culture might be different from another culture. And that's just been something we've done a lot of over the years and, and just you get more humble the more you do it because you realize that sometimes your culture is not always the best way either. Of course. Of course. Yeah. mm -hmm. Wow. For sure. Like culture comes to you. I like to say, you know, culture comes to you in your mother's milk, right? It's not someone said to you. It's not always what you were told specifically, but it's the way things are arranged that affects your perceptions and really about the perceptions of everything else. You know, worldview is like a contact lens, right? You don't see the contact lens, but it shapes everything mm-hmm. that you do see. And so, absolutely. With, yeah, with that, we can't see ourselves. We can't see how we appear to other people. And we can't see how our shaping and culture and things we grew up with and things that were normal to us, we can't see how that affects the way we see everything else. But it certainly does. I know that in Western culture, you know, in many ways has been informed by the gospel. Historically, I'm talking about that doesn't mean we're all born right with God. I'm not saying that, but it it does. There is some historical things that have been overcome. And we thank God for those of us, you know, or the people in our history 
like Hans that we're talking about here, who overcame some things that we we don't have to overcome that now because he established something that was overcome. Exactly. Yeah. And that's right. You know, you have some pioneers that go before us and then they pave the way and and you benefit from it later. And that's a blessing in many ways, but somebody has got to go there and be that pioneer. And and so sometimes, you know, that's what we find ourselves doing in in East Africa is sometimes being that pioneer in in certain areas and, and it can be hard work, but it's going to reap great benefits for people that come after us. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I had a sense that in a lot of ways, that's the kind of work you guys are doing. And I think, you know, a lot of times the people that we see historically that inspire us and that really speak to us from a leadership standpoint, they often have a way of informing something about what it is that we ourselves are supposed to do if we can recognize that. So I think it's really cool that you, you picked Hans, and I think it also is, you know, it's informative, too. It, it, it kind of leads, it opens the way for us to understand you guys, you're inspired by a pioneer because you guys are doing and should do and are called to pioneering work. So that's fascinating to me how that works, and I'm thankful for it. And I'm thankful for the work you guys are doing in East Africa. The, what does it say? pioneers get the arrows and pilgrims get the land. I don't know. You know, I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of resistance to pioneering. Yeah. Yes. It can be a lot of hard work. And like, you know, Hans, he was persecuted for it because, you know, you you go against the culture, you go against the traditions, you go against the rules and the laws and, and, and it's not always fun, but you know, you can also see years later, you see that it was to a huge benefit for people who come later. And it's just somebody's got to do that work too. Amen. Amen. We're grateful for examples. Yeah. Well, praise the Lord for people like Hans in the history of his kingdom and for the work that those people have done. And also Lord help us to be those kind of people lead us into that space and help us to join you in your pioneering work especially in these contexts where some of this stuff is yet to be overcome in a broad way. So wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So tell us where, uh, I know you're going to send me an email. We're going to include some stuff in the show notes that will help people get to more information about Hans. Tell us really quick where we can find out more about if anybody's got any questions about what you guys are doing, maybe how to get involved or to know more about Mm -hmm. uh, your ministry. Where can we find that? Yeah, sure. You go to safarimission.org. That's our website. And we have more information. If people are interested in donating, they can go and donate there. And if anyone's listening right now and they feel inspired and they just want to give something right now, they can even text from their phone. And so what they do is they just text the amount they want to give to 918-994-1999. And you can also do donations over the phone, and that's just really simple. So either go to the website, safarimission.org, or texting an amount to 918-994-1999. And we would love to hear from from listeners. And, and you know, on our website, you can even fill out a form. If you felt inspired and you want to leave us a note, please do so. 
Absolutely. Well, very, very good. I think it's really cool, all these tools that are making it easy and convenient. That really helps at the pace that so many of us are moving at these days. It really helps to have those kind of tools. So very, very good. I'm glad to hear you guys are using those. And Safari Mission, not plural, right? S-A-F- No, just Safari Mission. Mission.org. That's correct. Uh, there'll be some content yep. there. You can find out about Catherine or husband, their work there. And we're, we're, we're happy to be, you know, able to join you guys for, for this. Uh, thank you for joining us to be a part of this Profiles and Leadership. Hans, give me Hans's full name again and proper pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try. I'll try the, the American pronunciation, but it's Hans. That's what I'm terrible at. <laughs> Okay, it's Hans Nilsen Hauge. Okay. It's H A U G E, everyone. So if you want to Google that, Hans Nilsen H A U G E. Am I saying? I think that's right. Anyway, yeah. 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 Awesome. Thank you very much for being with us, Catherine. And and we look forward to having also uh, an upcoming session with you guys on the from the Forefront podcast, to dig really into your ministry, how you guys got started historically, how you found each other, maybe how you found your some more about your calling and how you guys got going for the gospel. Thanks again for being with us, and we look forward to catching up down the line. Thank you. We appreciate it. All right. As for me, I'm Scott McClellan with your FX Missions Leadership Moment, Profiles in Leadership. Thanks for uh, joining us. Please do pass along our information to someone you think could benefit or be inspired. If you'd uh, like to contact me or us, please do so at fxmissions.com. Thank you for joining Scott with today's Leadership Moment. We hope you've apprehended an inspirational nugget or two that, when activated in your own life, will be imparted into those you lead. You may contact Scott at scott at fxmissions.com. Visit fxmissions.com to learn more about how you can grow your own leadership and engage in missions. Until next time, good day, everyone.